Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. My guy, how's it going? My guy. Feels like, feels up, like it's guy? been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. I feel like we took what? I mean, like a week off, really? Really? Just a week? And really just, it feels like, like it's We been... just, just took one week. Yeah, it feels so like it's been a relax. month. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it's been a month. I feel like a different person since our last recording. 100%. I don't know about you. Same here. I feel like a different person every week in this day and age. Um, nonetheless, glad to be back for another episode this week. We got a great episode this week, but before we get into some of the news here that we have provided for you, as always, if you want to find or follow the show on our social media, it's at Fourth Man Pod, obviously at Big Three News, and my personal handle is at A underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show rather than listen to the show, it's on YouTube, youtube.com slash fourth man pod. Anyone who subscribes really feedback is greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have a little bit of merch out there now. We got some hoodies, got some yes, t-shirts. We do. You can find that at teespring.com slash fourth man pod. And for those of you listening on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel, appreciate you guys as always tuning in every Saturday, whether you're a new listener or you're a listener who tunes in weekly here. And you're listening to it first. Listening to it first every single week here. So pretty exciting um start to the episode because we got some exciting news kind of our saving grace or or sliver of hope almost it feels like for 2021 and the big that's a big difference is it a saving uh, grace and saving sliver of grace hope? and sliver of hope is a nah it feels a like the same thing <laughs> feels it feels like the same thing in this, depends in this on scenario. how desperate you are i guess uh i don't know about you i'm desperate we're getting pretty desperate we're getting pretty <laughs> okay desperate. but our 2019 MVP Joe Johnson was recently been making his stops around a couple of different podcasts and providing some cool big three stuff and big three information. But recently was just on the Inside TBT podcast. And well, you and I both originally, when we heard that he was going to be on this podcast, there was a little bit of worry there because there was. most of the people that have been joining the Inside TBT podcast have been announcing their return or announcing their new team into this year's TBT. So we were thinking, man, it looks like Joe is going to be returning to the TBT until he got asked a question. And until he not. hit that, that Uno reverse card. He said, whoa, 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 here. There's, <laughs> there's a stop sign right there and your question. He actually said that he is going to wait on the big three to make an announcement before deciding on the TBT and his return. So I actually wanted to bring up this quote because as our – we all know our guy will always provides us with the best big three news here. So Joe said on the inside TBT podcast, quote, if the big three comes back, we have to defend our title. And those guys that I played with and the big three and ice cube, it was very, 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 very therapeutic for me to play in that. I could never turn my back on them. End quote. When we heard that we were obviously very excited, but here's the question now. I mean, does Joe know something that we don't? Um, well, let me, let me give you a little bit of background to this. 
So before Please. I answer that question, I, I'm trying to see if I still have it. I might have deleted it. But when I found out that Joe was going on Inside TBT, now I could be wrong. This is, as you're going to find out, uh, the old adage, don't assume because it just makes an ass out of you and me. I'm going to make a huge <laughs> ass out of myself. because. So when I found out that he was going on Inside TBT, I'm under the impression that Inside TBT isn't really like us, right? So I think right. they're like a league-sponsored podcast. Yeah, they're like associated with TBT. Right. So they like they when people go on their podcast, it is to strategically like break news and like things like that. Like if if a new team is coming, if someone's going to be a coach, if an alumni team is mm-hmm. coming, they're going to announce it on Inside TBT, which, in my opinion, is a very good strategy that the Big Three should look into. Um, if there was a Big Three podcast out there, which wink, there wink. just happens to be, wink wink. Um, <laughs> so. When I found out that Joe Johnson was going on Inside TBT, and Joe is not much of a podcast guy, right? I figured the TBT asked him to do this. So yeah. I, I don't have it in my phone anymore. I deleted it. I'm trying to see if it's in my, like never delete. Always got to archive. Right. I must. I'm trying <laughs> to see if it's in the archives here, but I'm not finding it. Um, I made a graphic saying, "Break." Oh, here it is. <laughs> You already so, made a graphic? So I was going to make a graphic. And it says, Joe Johnson will play in TBT 2021 via Inside the TBT Podcast. And I le- left a blank space for information, um, you know, in case it wasn't for Overseas Elite. Or, you know, I was going to put like, you know, I don't know. Whatever sure. the details of it were, I was going to put that. So I made that the night You were already the jumping the gun. I was jumping the gun. I jumped the gun huge. So that episode came out. I saw it was like a quick, easy listen. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to this thing. Um, I fast forward towards the end because I figured they're going to make a big announcement. It's towards the end. Um, it was kind of them just not really saying anything. So I'm like, all right, I guess I got to listen to this thing from the start. I listened to it from the start. Um, and they asked Joe straight up. Like, they're like, are you coming back to TBT? And they were sort of surprised by his answer. Yeah. And he gave, you know, I, uh, you know, I sort of spliced the, the quote a little bit. So I recommend that everyone goes and listens to it because he gives a glowing review of the big three that unfortunately I had to cut a little bit about to uh, fit on the graphic. But, you know, this is huge. Yeah. You know, like you you have, I mean, especially what you just said, right? We have a uh, the big three, the 2019 MVP, the 2019 champion in a off season that has been full of, you know, doubt and mystery and what's going on, you know, what, what exactly is this league going to look like? You have basically the face of the league saying, listen, I'm, I'm with you guys. You know, I mean, we, we've said it that, yeah. Um, we don't know what the league is going to look like. We don't know who's coming back. We don't know who's not. We can assume, you know, guys talk about wanting to come back, but we don't know what it's going to look like. And when you have someone like Joe Johnson being like, and I'm going to be there, you know, I'm not classifying this as a splash alert. Not yet. Uh, because I'm, I'm waiting. There's still a few more boxes that need to be checked. You didn't make your graphic already? I didn't make that graphic already. Okay. But for Joe to say, you know, I'm not, especially, I mean, that one line where he said, I'm not turning my back on them. That's, you know. Crazy respect for him. That's crazy respect. And so, you know, for us, we really appreciate that. And I know and I know the big three appreciates that too. Yeah. Um, so, well, so I didn't really feel like I got a lot of indication on it. Well, right. Joe, that's, do anything. that's the worrying part. Yeah. I mean, he's well, and I think the funny part is, you know, did the tournament ask him to do this? And he said, sure. Like maybe he like 
the thought crossed his mind, like maybe I should just do this. And either he heard something or something in his mind came up and he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go on this and just answer truthfully. Yeah. I don't know. They sounded surprised by their answer, by his answer. They did. And, and I mean, when, I wanna, he, when he said, maybe they both, both of the hosts were like, no. Like, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? like, they were very disappointed. They were very disappointed. Like, I think they thought it was going to be like a cut and dry answer. Yeah. And not um, only did he give like a stellar review about the big three, but I thought he gave rave reviews about the TBT and especially. Overseas. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was like talking about how he didn't know any of the guys on overseas elite when he first joined, I think outside Frank Nitty, he got into Frank a little bit, but maybe not on, and, a, on uh, a friendship, personal relationship. Yeah. Uh, and X obviously. Right. Uh, but I don't think he like knew anybody, knew anybody and was talking about, you know, the team, I think ultimately the team just didn't, it felt like he was just joining a team, which we all thought was kind of weird too. He's like joining mm-hmm. this like elite team already. But I felt yeah. like after playing in it, it was kind of him sitting back for a minute and thinking like, man, that team is great. They yeah. built greatness in that league. But I wasn't a part of the greatness that, that was built. Those were guys yeah. like DJ Kennedy, DeAndre Kane. And I think his expectation might have been to come into overseas elite and play with those guys, yeah. you know? So maybe that was a little bit of a setback. He was almost going to be like the kid. Like he thought he was going to be like, you know, KD joining Golden State in a way. No, absolutely. That's, you know? I think, exactly the situation he's going to join or was trying to join. So that was pretty interesting. But exactly what you said, I mean, he gave a glowing review of the TBT as well. So if you're them, I mean, if you're somebody who, I mean, listen, let's, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, right? The TBT has very similar overlapping goals with the big three. They would love for names like Joe Johnson to join consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're a guy like that, if you're like a Dwayne Wade, if you're like somebody, or if you're, let's say a college guy from a mid-major school or, you know, guys that we see who maybe more populate the, the TBT player pool, which are just sort of these college guys who are these hometown kids that they love. And then they're just don't make the NBA or they play overseas and they want to come back and play in the summer, a glowing review from somebody like Joe Johnson is only going to help. So I thought Joe handled that very well. I did too, especially because I felt like there was a little bit of, I don't want to say spitefulness necessarily, but definitely be, like we said, we, they were disappointed. I, they I were felt, definitely disappointed. You know, that I guess he was supposed to be on past shows. He was getting the ISO no show. And Yeah, they called him like, ISO no show. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I mean, this man's just trying to be like 100 with you guys. Well, they, they said too, I think they said play. I mean, it, I'm sure it was a joke. I, don't, and, oh, you know, I, did, I, I think it was absolutely. lightheartedly, um, but like they said, playing the big three is the easy way out, you yeah, know? Which, and so I think Joe looked at that as, as, as us and, and we're big three boys, you know, to the end, we were like, Whoa, yeah, yeah. You know, let's take a step back a little bit. Yeah. By no means is this, I mean, we're not running up and down the court, but there's a lot more aspects to this there's game. And not to aspects, mention these are yeah. all pro athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not just getting guys like, I know this is their first season, but you're not getting the barstool guys out here, you know, right, right, running exactly. to the championship. I right. Mean, you're not getting Dave Portnoy out there. I mean, you know, so I don't know. You know, well, it, I thought this is this is very interesting. By it was Joe. a very interesting interview. Very interesting interview. But it. now let's let's just look at this from like a complete entire perspective of, of Joe Johnson and essentially like following his prime NBA career, let's say. Mm-hmm. This man has now not opened the doors to one route, but like now kind of another route almost. Cause, and I, I don't want to say like he opened the route for like any basketball players, but maybe like a basketball player and his similar situation. Uh, someone who's older, maybe like teams won't sign him because he's a vet. Now it's like, hey, let's 
maybe we can join the TBT and have a nice run. And that's another way back sure. to the NBA if we want to play. hundred ten percent. I mean, if you're like a an Isaiah Thomas, right? Yeah. If, if especially let's break this down by position, right? Isaiah Thomas is a point guard, and not only in when you're a point guard, I feel like it's harder to showcase your point guard level abilities in a league like the Big Three. It's half court, it's three v three. If you're Isaiah Thomas, the TBT would probably be a great league for you. Mm-hmm. If you go in there and you're just you're dropping buckets, you're distributing, you're assisting, you know, you're playing quality defense. I think you're gonna have a much better chance at showcasing what you need to showcase to get back in the NBA yeah. than the big three, specifically for a player like Isaiah Thomas, and specifically maybe for you know smaller, more traditional point guards. Yeah, well, especially if you make a championship run, right? Right, I mean, that's exactly. just more added tape to. Uh... To your film, hundred no, yeah. percent. But I just find it so interesting that you know Joe takes the big. I'm not, you know, I don't want to disrespect guys like Josh Childress, Xavier Silas, guys who have made runs back to the NBA because of the big three. But I'm talking about someone who's taken the take, like you know, had the best season, won an MVP, won a championship, right. and, and had like maybe the most legit shot to to be on an active roster at the start of a season. Yeah. And, and now I feel like within the TBT, that same concept he's kind of at it because he just wants to play basketball. He just, he really does very therapeutic, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of people respect it. Like, Oh, he's not too big for his ego. Like he, he's a seven time all-star, but he's not too big to play in these other leagues and show like, Hey, this can still be really competitive. And he almost legitimizes them in a way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. So um, that being said for the big three, I feel like that's just, that's just big news for us. Cause now it, you know, well, let's, let's, it's kind of segues into our, our, our next topic of discussion in the sense that, you know, you recently got a new splash alert. I did. I think we got, we got our we most might be, first splash alert 2021. Yeah, I think we might be seeing more of those now that Joe has maybe kind of given that sense of hope for, for yeah. people expecting the big three bet. But yeah, definitely. But I mean, let's talk about the, the first splash alert of 2021. Someone slid up into big three news DM and said, hey, I'm going to be in this thing as long as it comes back in 2021. Yeah, yeah, no, and so that, um, so I think uh, he originally was commenting on a couple of my posts, and he said I'm interested in playing this, so I'm like, shoot me a DM. So I mean, let me see. I don't want to misquote him. Uh, I mean, basically, he's just trying to get information on the league, right? And that's really what a lot of these guys are. You know, they're they're like, hey, I'm interested in playing. Like, when is it? When's the draft? Like, I'll be ready. And I'm like, I I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've gotten so, those DMs a couple times. Too. Yeah, and so I'm just like, listen, you know, if if you'd like, I can create a draft profile for you, and we can get this thing going. And now, you know, one of the benefits is a ton of captains and coaches and decision makers in the big three follow me. So if we can get your highlights out there, you know, I'm absolutely willing to give it a shot. And he said, let's do. It. And that was uh, there was NBA oh, wow. Bond Wafer, yeah, Bond Wafer, former NBA basketball player for. The Boston Celtics, the Atlanta Hawks, or Houston Rockets. I apologize for sticking red. Lakers played, for a little bit. The Lakers. He's played in the CBA. Mm-hmm. Got uh, G League a little bit. A little bit of G League. So uh, left-handed shooter. Not sure if that makes a difference for anybody else, but I know that I'm sure some of those stats guys would love, or analytics guys are like, oh, left-handed shooters shoot better in this spot. You should have some of them there. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, a guy with a lot of NBA experience and – a guy that I think it would be an interesting piece to the to a big three team. No, 100%. I mean, I was looking at his CBA highlights, and, I mean, he was lighting the CBA up. I mean, he played for Shanghai for a little bit. He jumped around to a couple of CBA teams. But, 
he was just going crazy. I mean, he looked like a man, a man amongst boys out there. And I mean, you want to talk about the prototypical big three size, he's a six, five wing. So yeah. I think he really, you know, I would say that's probably the majority of guys, especially long scorers. Arms. Yeah. Long, long arms. arms. He, somebody who can shoot somebody who can, uh, you know, get in in the paint. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what he's looking like, you know. Uh, hopefully you do a combine for guys like him because, you know, he's somebody who I would say, you know, uh, if he comes in there, he's looking good. I think he could go anywhere in this draft. Depends on what he's looking like nowadays. But, I mean, if you if you follow him on social media, he is getting after it. Yeah. He's working out. He's every day. He, he feels as though that he has been wronged. He's been blackballed. And this is a little bit of a redemption tour for him. So I, I love it. I'm not going to say I'm too familiar with his story. Um, so it would be interesting to see what exactly are the driving factors behind that. Maybe we can find out uh, down the line. But he seems like a man on a mission. So I would not be surprised if we see his name called Draft Night. Oh, all right. There you have it. Von Wafer added to the big three draft pool or draft combine, at least here. And we'll see, you know, if we hear another splash alert here in 2021 soon. And hopefully that's because the league has made some news that they're coming back. Hey, hopefully it's Joe next. Hopefully you have that graphic tuned up here sooner rather than later. But Well, I will say this. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. If, if I'm analyzing this wrong, you tell me. Okay. I don't think Joe's a splash alert. You can only be a splash alert once. Fair. You are analyzing that right. Maybe I'm just jumping the gun because anybody at this point saying they're playing right. is giving me some hope. And I will say this as well. I This is something that – this is why I don't really like Instagram because if this was on Twitter, it would have been much more obvious for people to see. Um, but I got a comment on one of my Instagram posts from a while ago. It was actually the one that we were talking about uh, last episode, I believe, about how I sort of outlined the year. Hmm. I think I did that on New Year's Day. Right. Um, and one of the posts, if you remember, was me talking about how I thought Bidwack was going to win the championship. Right. And so none other than Will Bynum comments yet uh, earlier, I want to say, is that today? Yesterday. Oh, and Will Bynum commented. Will Bynum. He said that. He said that. He said absolutely. He said that that August preview is on point. Really? So it, sounds like, it sounds like Will Bynum's back as well. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Rewind this a little bit. First off, didn't know didn't know this happened. So Will Will Bonham goes back through your Instagram post. That's correct. Which I did tag him this. in, so he might just be going through his. Oh, tags. could be, could be, could be mm-hmm. a while since he's checked anything that's been tagged. Very interesting. Okay, so now there's a couple guys who have at least thought of the idea of like or looked into the future and thought, hey, I'm going to be playing the big three at some point, at least. By it sounds like pe- people people are starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit. Okay. I don't know if that's the right term, but it sounds like people are starting to, you know, they get they get the sense that it's like the Homer meme um, in reverse. Yeah, coming out of the bush. Yeah, yeah. it sounds it, it, it sounds like people are, are starting to get the sense that it's sort of be, becoming now or never territory for the big three. So I think a lot of people are guessing that it's going to happen. Or well, hey, the they're getting big three made a post today. Maybe they feel right. like there's a little bit of, a, of urgency. That I mean, obviously, we know there's a sense of urgency, right. but maybe they feel like now there's a little bit of pressure for them to push something out. So, hey, maybe we'll see something sooner than later. I hope so. And, you know, whatever the case may be, it, whether they're playing this summer or maybe a little bit later in the summer, I'm excited for the lead to come back. And that being said, I 
feel like that is all that we have to discuss in the first half of this episode. What would be really cool is if the big three came back, stayed a while, and eventually we got this guy who's going to be on, who we were able to interview on the second half of this episode, for him to eventually come and join the big three once he feels like his, it's his time and he's ready to play. But appreciate everyone who's tuned into the first half of this episode. We have an awesome interview with Maurice Creek of Sideline Cancer, TBT, also a former Indiana Hoosier, former player at George Washington, super dope interview, super candid guy. Um, this, this was a cool interview too, because um, this is a candid moment. This is a solo dolo from Anthony. This is a solo dolo. Um, unfortunately, so I, could, I have not listened to this interview yet. So unfortunately, Will couldn't be there for other obligations, understandably. So it was just one-on-one, kind of like the old days when I, when I was used to running. And it, it was it was a good time. I, we just kind of chopped it up a little bit about the TBT, his run, uh, a little bit about the big three. So really excited for you guys to hear that. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. And let's get to the Mo Creek interview. Today, we're excited to welcome on former Indiana Hoosier and Sideline Cancer's very own Maurice Creek. Mo, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, how's everything going for you, you know, over there? Uh, I know you're playing overseas. How's everything going for you in the new year? Everything going well. Um, we just beginning our season. Um, we're four and four right now, uh, but you know it's still early. We still got like maybe 20, 25 more games to go, so we still got a lot of time to learn each other. Plus playoffs, and we got a little, we got a nice little team. So I feel confident about what I'm doing over here so far. Nice. That's good to hear. And how is you know playing overseas? Obviously different than prior years. And your experience. So, how is it this year, just in comparison to others? Uh, I would say it's it's pretty new. Um, even though I've been over uh, over the waters, this is my seventh year. Um, this is a different experience for me. You know, usually when I go over overseas, I'm usually the vocal point and the 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 leader. Not saying I'm not that for this team now, but. We have a lot more talent on this group than I've had in, in the previous years. And, um, you know, like I said, we still getting to learn each other every day and uh, try to fill out what we can do to, with each other and what, what we don't do with each other well. So, um, you know, but time goes on, you know, I think we'll be one of the top teams in the league. And I think we're number five right now. But, um, you know, saying, like I said, we still got some time to go. Yeah, for sure. And I thought that's always been kind of the craziest part about playing overseas, because from my understanding, for the most part, you usually drop uh, jumping from one league to another, maybe one country to another year after year. Is it difficult to like find that chemistry, you know, just playing with different people, uh, you know, year in and year out? Or do you feel like, you know, after seven years of doing it, being able to like find that bond, uh, you know, throughout the season, you feel like it just kind of clicks a little bit better um, each year? I feel like it depends on the type of situation that you're in because, uh, you know, some people could just take the fact of the matter, like when you come overseas and, you know, you're somewhat of an American and they, they bring you over here to do, do what you need to do for the team to see be successful. Some teams buy in, but some teams don't. And so um, this team here, it has a lot of talent. So we're buying into each other. Um, as far as talent wise and doing and you know saying building off our strengths. So um 
But, you know, some some of the years that I've been overseas, they didn't want to buy in. They wanted to feel like they were a part. And uh, not saying they don't have the right to do that. But, you know, like at the end of the day, everybody's trying to win. So you, you go to your best strength. You go to, your you know, if you are supposed to be that guy, then you go to that guy, no matter who you are or, or what you what you were doing. And um, that's what, you know, saying a lot of people have to understand um, coming overseas, like, uh, it's kind of a competition within the team and then a competition without it. I mean, outside the team too, because they want to, they, you know what I'm saying? They want to represent their country for themselves the best way they can do it. Uh, but they also got to understand that, you know what I'm saying? We're just here to help and uh, make the team better than, than what it would have been if we weren't here. So uh, I'm excited uh, for this year more than any year. Cause like I said, this team, has a lot of talent that I didn't have in the previous years. Yeah, that seems like a prominent topic of discussion too, you know, sacrifice, especially with Brooklyn, you know, just adding a superstar in James Harden. I feel like that's been a big topic of discussion. So uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's prominent right now, but that's always been a thing of basketball, right? Like you always got to make sacrifices in order for your team to be the best. So, and I think sure. we see a lot of that uh, within the TBT, which we'll get to here in a second, but I mentioned you were a former Indiana Hoosier, which didn't know, you know, prior to talking to you there. <laughs> also didn't know this. I mean, those crazy Indiana teams with Tom Crean when, you know, they had Oladipo, uh, Will Sheehy, you know, Jordan Holes, those guys didn't realize that, you know, you were kind of the foundation of that team in a sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I was reading a little bit and, you know, you were the top scoring freshman through nine games. Injuries kind of marred your career just a little bit, but I felt like for you, you know, uh, after a couple tough hands you were given, you were still kind of able to buy into that program, but what was it like for you? I mean, or I should say, how, how difficult is it to like persevere through that and then also, you know, be a good teammate whenever, like, you know, when you lay the foundation and then a couple injuries come your way, minutes might get reduced and then you're having to see people finally succeed after you've kind of laid that foundation. Uh, at first it was pretty tough, but, um, that's cause I was young. Um, at that time I, you know, saying didn't really understand that at that point in time that it wasn't just about me. It was about, uh, what was best for the team. And <clears throat> as I got older, you know, I just started, uh, filling out like maybe everything happens for a reason. And, uh, maybe those injuries happened for a reason. Maybe the, the situation that I was in was put there for a reason. And I took that into consideration every day. I built off of it and became a professional because of it. You know, a lot of times, a lot of guys can't say, oh, hey, your minutes is about to get reduced, but we want you to stay here and help this team out. They wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I did it for a few years. So uh, I didn't, I only think I played one full year at Indiana. So uh, for me to be able to help those guys understand like what you put into the game is what you get out uh, to turn them into a predominant team in the in the Big Ten, uh, starting off like with them knowing that we were struggling just off of the fact that you know what I'm saying? We didn't have the talent and you bring in talent. We still were struggling for a minute, but then we bought in as a team and, and went together and 
you know what I'm saying, did what we had to do in the big time. So I feel like we was pretty it was it was tough at one point, but when you get to an when you get to an point where you're older and you your mind starts to develop, you start to understand that it's just not about you. And that's the difference between being a, a pro and other guys fizzling out. All right. For sure. Well, like I said, I felt like a lot of people, especially sideline cancer, makes a lot of sacrifices throughout the TBT. You guys really mesh very well. And obviously that led to you guys playing in the championship. But let's take it back just a few years when you first started playing in the TBT. How did you first come to find out about it and what enticed you about the league? Uh, it was crazy the way I found out about it. Uh, me, Remy, and um, Jermaine, you know, he's not here with us today, but uh, we all were in the, the same league. So we, Jermaine and Remy were playing together at Helsinki when I was in Finland. And uh, I was playing for uh, Lapua. And I think the last game I had against them, Jermaine came to me and was like, hey, bro, like, what you doing in the summertime? So... You know, usually in the summertime, I would play in some leagues. I would play in the Brunson League, the Goodman League. I would play uh, the Kenner League. All these leagues that was in D.C. that was predominant just to stay in the, the game-ready shape and everything like that. So, you know, I was like, you know, I'm playing in the leagues and stuff like that, but what's going on? So he was just telling us, like, man, I want you to come on to this this organization with me and uh, for the TBT. And um, it at that time, like, I had just watched the TBT the year before when uh, one of my teams in D.C. took their team to the Final Four. And um, they lost, I think, to over either overseas elite or they lost to somebody in the Final Four. And um, I wasn't a part of that. So, uh, and I knew all the guys there. And mm -hmm. um, so I was like, you know what? I, I was always saying that I wanted to play in the TBT. Let me go ahead and get on this team, see what it's about. I know a couple of the guys. I know what, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm going to be taken care of. Let's do it. And we went and got, uh, went to New York. That that was my first, that was my first year. Crazy. Crazy how far, like, <laughs> sideline cancer as, like, a team has come, man. Like, y'all really boosted the talent. I mean, y'all are really meshing, like I said, and, and making strides. And, and coming back this year, right? I mean, Marcus Keene announced sure. on Inside TVT that he's coming back. I'm assuming that he's speaking for the whole team there. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, we definitely, uh, we definitely coming back. <laughs> Got to. Um, we, yeah, we let one slip out of our hands uh, with, with Golden Eagles. But, um, you know, this year we get a couple of our pieces back that uh, we didn't have. And they were, they, they're going to be probably a couple of the key guys on the team. And we're adding on a couple of other new new talents that um, might come along with us. You know, it's not set in stone yet, but uh, I feel like because of what we did in the past, I feel like because of the relationships that we build and it's more than, we play for just more than the basketball, I mean, more than the money. Right, right. Um, we, I feel like we'll get those guys. So we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, you know what I'm saying, get back into it. I'll I'm more excited about the TBT than honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. At the same time, uh, you know, everybody got their jobs to do right now. I know everybody's excited to just have basketball back in their lives because when this COVID right. thing hit, it was kind of taken away. But um, 
Yeah, I'm truly excited. I know everybody's going to be gunning for us now because of what we yeah. did last year. So, um, you know, I'm all about challenges and everything like that. So I'm, I'm happy for it. But with that, I mean, like, people will be gunning for you. You probably have a target on your back. But at the same time, too, like, I'm sure people are hitting you up like, man, let me play with you guys. Like, I'm the guy you need to take <laughs> us over the top. Like, I'm sure all you guys are getting those messages. Yeah, I got a couple from um, a couple of guys, and uh, you know, um, we'll see who we at. You know what I mean? Um, that's really up to like the coaching staff, and you know, we got uh, a voice of of opinion of who we think you know what I'm saying can do that for us. But at the end of the day, we got to go with who we got, and um, I feel like even with if we get those guys or don't get those guys, we still have enough to do what we need to do. Well, I want to talk about your run just a little bit because it's pretty insane. Like, I felt like people rode you guys off in that first game against Team Hines. Y'all come back, make some noise, and then just kind of that trickle-down effect of you guys continuously upsetting people. What was kind of the approach this year, you know, maybe compared to years prior that you guys took, or or was there anything different, like, about your approach? It was more so – since we had already been through it um, when we were in Wichita, because I can't really count New York because we was one and done the first year that we got we got out. Um, but when we got from Wichita, we was more focused than anything. Uh, knowing that we weren't going to have a couple of our key guys kind of put, uh, you know, just a target on our back and we felt like we were targeted. So we again like nobody expected us to do anything everybody rooted us out to be gone in that first round uh and it was a tough game you know they team Hines had a whole rack of talent on that team that you know we hadn't faced we hadn't faced bigs that really could shoot the three other than uh Wilson from Golden Eagles mm-hmm. both years I don't think but um you know team Hines bought in the team that had like Brandon Paul. I ain't played against him. Not even though he was in the Big Ten, I never got a chance to play against him. Um, but he was a tough matchup. They had my guy uh, Marcus Thornton came in and gave him a spark. Uh, Eric Griffin, they the energy guy. You know what I mean? Ethan Happ from Wisconsin, Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? So they brought in a, a lot of guys that that could fill it up. And um, you know, our, our whole focus and our whole model was just believing in ourselves and having that I can attitude. And uh, even when we were down in the in, in the Elam ending, I think we were down the Elam ending. Yeah. Maybe four out of the five games, we had to come back and, and win those games. And uh, but even when we were down, we always stuck together. We always believed. And, you know, it's been times, it was times on the team where, you know, I would get down or somebody else would get down a team. We just picked each other up as brothers and played with our hearts out. And, you know, that's why we got to where we got. Crazy. And it feels like, you know, alongside you guys, we obviously saw uh, the Marshall alumni guys, you know, making their little underdog run as well. And it seems like we've seen a lot of underdog teams make some noise this year, really. I mean, do you feel like that's more of a testament to the growth and talent that, has just been added to the TBT or maybe just uh, from playing and building that chemistry over the past few years or? 
I just think like when you get rooted off as an underdog and you got teams that got all this talent or whatever, you you want to prove to everybody that, you know what I'm saying, we not just no slouches either. I mean, because like I said, you got to think about it. We was ranked 20, uh, 22 out of 24. And I think I uh, heard that was ranked 23 out of 24. So you got two underdog teams that just know what they're about. They know they had the talent to win those games. We knew we had talent to win those games. And I think a lot of underdog teams uh, took like, okay, they, they rooted us off to be um, not better than this team. Well, let's just show everybody why we are. And that's how I think that's what everybody attitude on our team was for sure. For sure. And um, I can honestly say that's what I saw out of heard that too, that they took that underdog attitude. I mean, especially when they played um the money team, the man. money team. Yeah, the money team. You just <laughs> had to know cocky like, as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you just had to know like the when they was playing that game, they was playing with their hearts out because they wanted to show everybody, especially it's on TV, no basketball, no NBA yet. True, true. Um, this was this was we was the only thing anybody had. So you on national television playing against the money team that got all this talent and stuff like that. Yeah, they was gonna come out there with that spark and fire. So uh I feel like a lot of teams, even next year, are gonna do that. Uh come out with a spark. So I, I feel like because of that. And the you know everybody want to stack the team up and do we just want to stay keep that underdog attitude and you know what I'm saying win games that way we don't really need too much to to win that's where everybody's going off of. That's dope. Let's fast forward. You guys, you know, pretty much steamrolled Bayheim's army, which I think was a shock to everybody. Probably not to you guys, but everybody else outside. And you guys play overseas elite, and you know you probably arguably made the biggest play of, of the TBT, knocking off the four-time chance there, hitting a big shot, uh, contested shot there. Mm -hmm. Was that play like originally intended for you or was that something in the moment where you had to improvise and you just felt it? You were just kind of feeling it at that point? Uh, no, nah, it wasn't, the, the play wasn't for me. That was the thing. Um, the play was for Marcus King. And so he was supposed to come off the screen and get a shot off, a three off. But what ended up happening was uh, he lost the ball in the air. And then so when he threw it, he kind of threw it up behind me so to the <laughs> point where I had to stretch my, my left arm to even grab right. the ball. But he, I was moving to the right. And so when he called me, I had to back up and go get the ball. So... <laughs> um. My whole process was when I once I caught that ball, it was going to be on me to make the play. Like, because of the fact that I just seen um, their big man play the pick and roll with Marcus King kind of in a drop action and to have to contest his shot, I knew he was using a lot of energy. So when they threw the ball to me and uh, ET set that screen on Bobby Brown, I had seen the rim and I just like literally use that, you know what I'm saying, my quick release to get it off because he, I knew he was going to hard hedge if I didn't. Right. And uh, it was going to be a harder shot. So once I uh, bumped Bobby Brown into that screen, I knew, like, I had to, I had to get it off. And, you know, he was just a tad bit late uh, to, the, to the shot. And I knew it was good. Once I shot it, I knew it was good. I just had to watch it go in the basket. So, um... <laughs> 
when it crazy. went in, I just went ballistic because I know like, <laughs> the hard work I put in. I know like that is um that's what I've been working for for a lot of years, and I want to be known as a as a shot maker and a shot like a shot taking a shot maker in, in prime time situations. And um, you know, I was glad to to show everybody that I still had you know what I'm saying some life in the tank. You know what I'm saying having three surgeries in 22 months ain't easy. Mm-mm. uh to go um to come back and play basketball from so uh, a lot of people rooted me off a lot of people like doubted that I couldn't even get back and play in the in this, in this game so for me to hit that shot against them with a with a NBA vet uh probably multiple NBA vets we got Bobby yeah. Brown was an NBA vet too mm-hmm. um you know, a lot of guys that uh you know over in probably better cities and, you know, just, just doing, you know what I'm saying, getting probably more money and stuff like that than most of the guys on this team. It was, it was a great feeling just to, just to have. And like I said, we always had that underdog attitude. So we never had a doubt in our minds that we was going to lose that game. Like we was going to win that game at any given cost. And we played our hearts out and I'm just glad to hit the shot for the guy. Yeah, recency bias is a bitch. I feel like everybody's always <laughs> quick to to write people off in any situation, really. I mean, but we've seen people make that comeback. You obviously made a big shot, emotional one, obviously. Um, yeah, it definitely was. Honestly, that catch was probably crazier than the shot. I mean, bro, that, he, he, I mean, he just yeah, kind of like flung was, that shit was, over there. <laughs> yeah, I was. I ain't gonna lie. Like when I, when I caught it. I was I was moving right to like get out of his way because I knew I felt like he was gonna have to he was gonna snake it and come to my side. So when I was moving, I was like, all right, let me just get to the corner. But then he jumped and he lost it and he threw it. I had to like <laughs> jump back and go grab the ball with my left. So at that time I was looking at the clock, I was like, nah, this is this this gotta go up. So I said I had to make that move quickly. I had to think on my feet real quick to, to see what was going on. And I was like, if I see the rim is going up and, and yeah. just did what I had to do. As far as being that shot maker. Well, you, you mentioned yeah. it, you played a couple of NBA vets and stuff and a couple of guys that played in the big three as well. I mean, obviously the most prominent one being, being Joe, who uh, was yeah. coming off a big three MVP season right there. But what sure. was, I mean, did you guys have a big em- emphasis in your game plan to defend him or was it kind of just like play your game we'll figure out how the flow of it's going and then you know maybe we'll throw a couple guys at him and give him different looks or or what hell that like? you when you playing against joe johnson <laughs> the emphasis is on joe johnson okay man. <laughs> man, that 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 was one of the primary emphasis i ain't gonna lie uh we were like how are we going to guard a six nine shooting guard that can put you in the post. He shoots the three. He's a pro. This is this is one of the top leading scores in NBA history. Like right here, like we talking about. He's one of the top shot three point percentage shot makers in the league. Man, still can play in the league to this day if he wants Yo. to. So I mean, he's got the nickname the Iso Joe. I mean, and, yeah, right. You got that. And he and he goes up to his name. And the crazy thing about it was, um, 
like I had just seen, you know, one of his posts or whatever. And I just chopped it up with him a little bit and just told me to keep going and, you know what I'm saying, keep my legs healthy and stuff like that. And, um, and the respect is there. You know, I've saying. always respected Joe Johnson. I've, I've watched Joe Johnson since he got to the league. Um, and he reminded me a lot of T-Mac, you know what I mean? So him and T-Mac, or T-Mac's my favorite player of all time. So for hey. Joe Johnson, like I see them doing the same kind of things. Maybe T Max more uh, athletic, but mm-hmm. Joe Johnson's more. I feel like more smoother as far as his release and his jump shot and everything like that. So um, to play against a guy like that, man, that was a blessing. It it taught me a lot. I told him that, like, man, you taught me so much about the game that I didn't even know. Just playing against you, uh, having to guard you. <laughs> <laughs> crazy it was a blessing man it was a blessing well, well while we're on the subject of joe i gotta read you this here because he was on inside tbt recently an episode released today so they were they were obviously asking if he was going to return to the tbt and he said quote if the big three comes back we have to defend our title and those guys that i played with the big three and ice cube it was very 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 therapeutic for me to play in that I can never turn my back on them, end quote. So with that being said, it sounds like he's waiting, but my question to you is, is there like a loyalty to playing in in the TBT? Like, do you feel like you have a responsibility to come in every summer, like for as long as you're playing? Or is like something like the big three, something you'd consider, you know, barring they come back? Man, the thing about it is I love, I love sideline cancer too. So it's, it's, it's kind of tough because, you know what I'm saying? They put their loyalty in you and, um, you know, you want to go out there and, and win win it all for them. But the crazy thing about it is I felt like if I had an opportunity to play in the big three, that they probably would tell me, like, you know, you might have to go play in the big three. Um, Bro, you got uh, connections now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably had them before, but now you got even better ones. Yeah, man. So uh, it was cool to see that somebody actually said, should I play in the big three? I never actually thought about playing in the big three until I got a little older. But okay. uh, but it was it was it was great to know, like a lot of people are watching you from from the other side and um, to see like I'm getting the recognition from the big three already is, is, is pretty tough because, you know, you got all it's all pros in there mm-hmm. ain't nobody is not a pro that's playing in the big three so um that's cool man to to get that but again i don't know it's it's a tough situation because i've been sure. sideline for years and um they've been been nothing but family to me you know what i mean so uh maybe it is kind of a responsibility thing unless they say you don't have a choice we're gonna tell you to go do that because of what you you know what I'm saying what you deserve and what you might want for your career type thing so it's it's a it's you know what I'm saying it's it depends on both ways yeah everything's definitely situation situational uh-huh. there but I just want to segue that into the last thing I'm going to ask you here and that's kind of you know around these complimentary leagues we've seen things like the TBT and the big three, um, you know, 
kind of excel over the past few years. And while we've seen like other complementary sports leagues, like especially in football, I feel like the ones in basketball are the ones that actually stick. Like the football ones really have trouble. And for me personally, I feel like the complementary leagues, there's so much success because there's so many talented basketball players, right? Like there's so many limited opportunities for exposure and, and playing time. Or, you know, if you're buying in, maybe you can't show all of what you can bring to the table. And I feel like that's why those complimentary leagues are working because now those guys who potentially could have a spot somewhere in the NBA at least get to play at some professional level and show that um, type of exposure. I think people love that. I mean, I mean, would you sure. agree with that, that comp- like basketball complimentary leagues stick around because of the influx of talent that there is out there? Or do you feel like maybe it's something else, uh, you know, in, in that yeah. regard? No, this is exactly what you said. Um, these basketball leagues are sticking around longer than any other sport because, one, it it show, lets you show out in front of everybody. Um, you got to think about it. Like I said, even this year, this year was probably the most biggest year as far as the TVT just because of the fact of the COVID situation. Right. And for them to even be able to get that into a board and uh, – have it successful, it kind of pushed the NBA to do the same thing and having a successful NBA season. Because I don't think if we would have did, if we wouldn't have done the TBT this year, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the NBA season wouldn't have stuck. But because um, Dan Frill and them did what they had to do as far as the COVID test, keeping it in a bubble, uh, doing all, you know what I'm saying? It kind of brought basketball back period and then we on national television we was playing on espn every game every game was on espn espn right. two something espn wise and so i mean not only are you playing you know saying for your team you plan for yourself as well thinking about maybe an nba team hey we might need this or hey uh, another team overseas might be like oh we might want we might want to try this guy out we ain't never seen him before but he's over here doing what he got doing the TVT so it True. gives you so much more um access to everything and to to make your basketball career more higher than what uh than what you think and uh I don't see that happening with really any other sport because you yeah. got to Think about it. They got to be what willing and wanting to watch that that complimentary league. They got to be, you got to be willing to give them exposure that they need to make this their careers successful. And I don't think they can possibly do that. Yeah, and not to say like the NBA regular season is boring because I know it's like a grind for those dudes to play 72, yeah. 82 games. But I do feel like people take it. I feel like less serious would be the wrong word, but you know, they're really trying to gear up for the postseason. So throughout the the regular season, they're playing when they can or putting all their heart and energy maybe into one game and this and the next one. So I I feel like with the TBT, the big three, I mean those guys like you guys are just going at it. I mean you have something to prove, like you said. Like you just plan on for a chance of exposure and 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 not only that, you're playing for the guy next to you because potentially if you're not helping yourself, you might be helping the guy next to you. For sure. And I mean like it's, it's crazy that we're talking about the, the big three and the TBT because they're two different types of styles of, of basketball. And right. they, 
and they're successful, um, successful because of the style that they are. And I'm not even talking about just the three-on-three atmosphere. I'm talking about as far as the big three has its way with, like, um, regular season games, and then you go into playoff games, correct? Right, right. And then but now you got the TBT. You got one game. <laughs> you're not on your game with that one game. You're out. I mean, and they're putting big money on the line that can help you out and your family. So yeah. now you got you got to go out there and grind and be ready to go as of immediately to 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 win these games and stuff like that. And um, that's why I feel like both of these leagues are 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 are, are great and stable. And um, especially with Ice Cube doing this thing over into uh, the Big Three, you know, he's he put people in the seats. I mean, when I first heard about it, I was like, I don't know if that's gonna work because you know what I'm saying you got yeah. three on three basketball, but but it was different and it did work because you know what I'm saying he's putting the best of the best out there. He's helping. He's making sure everybody's good and stable, and uh, you know what I'm saying. Hello. Good. Yeah. So he's making sure everybody good and stable, and um, that the the fact of the matter that he's putting it out on the line, like you can get an NBA call up shot and you go out here and do your thing, or you can put your sit your team on the map. You win this whole thing, or look at it from Iso Joe's uh, perspective. Like he's still out here playing, uh, and he got he got a shot. I think he was in a training camp for a team. Yeah, with Detroit. Um, off of that, so, you know what I'm saying? So you got to think about it. Like, if ISO Joe can get it done, it, it, it makes it uh, – I mean, he's an NBA vet. Don't get it wrong. But, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, it makes everybody else believe in themselves as well. And um, yeah. so it makes competition harder. And, um, you know, we like that. You know what I'm saying? We love when it's a competition and not just, you know what I'm saying, something that we can just play in and just get out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I lied. I, I said I was going to ask you one more question, but I got to ask you something about the Elam ending. Um, what's it like to be in that scenario? Like you were talking about how, like, your backs are kind of against the wall every game because it's one and done if you lose. So what's it like when, especially when you're down, like you said, you played so many times from behind in that Elam ending or – so what's it like to be in that like Elam ending situation and, and do you like that? I love it. Um, <laughs> I I personally love it because you can't just run the clock out when you up. You gotta actually be the team. And that was one thing about us. Like we were like I said, we were always down to Elam ending, but it wasn't like you could just run the clock out against us and you had to actually beat us to 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 get it done. And um a lot of times we went on a serious run in the Elam ending because we knew we had a lot of shooters. We had people who can defend and we had people who really didn't get tired. Like, even though you played the whole game, we really felt like we still had more stamina than a lot of teams uh, going into that. And it helped us out in the long run. We're a running gun team. Like if you don't get back against us, we either pull in a three or get into the basket and, or we go into the free throw line. So, um, I love it just off the fact that you it makes you have to earn your respect for that win instead of just, oh, yeah, we're going to run the clock out 30 seconds or we're going to run it out 24 seconds. And then now you up 15 with two minutes left. It's kind of kind of not saying it's impossible, 
but probably most likely at the times you're going to win that game unless you just gave it away. Yeah. But if you're down 15 and your team got to uh, score, uh, go to 23, and now you got a, you got a, you got a shot. Now you hit two threes, you're right back in the game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's, it's a great situation. I love it. I wish everybody would implement it. Uh, but you know, I think they're uh, probably uh, going to do that in the long run because they see everybody else's probably use it. Yeah, but I do too. Can't wait when they do. <laughs> Same here. Hey, well, I, I appreciate the candid conversation. I appreciate your time. Best of luck to the rest of your season overseas, and best of luck this summer. You know, I'll be tuned in like a lot of other people. But appreciate you once again. Man, appreciate you for having me on the show, man. All right, guys, so that was our episode with Mo Creek. I cannot wait to listen to it. Anthony, I'm sure you did a phenomenal job, uh, as you always do. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so until next time, we thank everybody for, li- for listening and watching, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Dash Radio, or on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you. Check out our Teespring for the shirts, latest gear. We're going to have stuff up there. Hopefully, as the season gets going and more news goes, we can get some more designs up there. Thank you, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. See you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.